Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome back to Mads World. I'm your host Mads and I hope you've been enjoying season 10 of Mads World so far. If you've been enjoying the show, please remember to subscribe on your favourite listening platform. Leave me a rating or a review. It's the best way to help out the show. Otherwise, just share it with a mate today. This week I'm joined by athlete and content creator Beck Putner. I asked Beck to join me on the podcast after she created a review video of the podcast on TikTok, which is so much fun. If you fancy joining me for an episode, please reach out. Um, you can find my email in any of my socials. Um, it's hello at madswell.co. Beck is currently training for her first half Ironman triathlon and is documenting the process on her Instagram and TikTok to show what it's really like to balance working out, career and the rest of life. She loves reading at the beach, podcast walks, listening to Mads World, obviously, and her cat, Sorbet. In this episode, we discuss Beck's personal journey towards finding self-confidence, feminism and equality in sport, being the only woman in a male-dominated degree or profession, the importance of hobbies as an adult, using exercise to be social and meet like-minded people, and so much more. Hello, Beck. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm so good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. So you did an amazing review of Mads World on your TikTok, which was so awesome. And then we had the idea to have you on the podcast as a guest because you've got so many interesting things to talk about and I'm buzzing to go through them all. (laughs) I'm so excited. This is my first podcast ever, so... (gasps) Oh my God, am I having a podcast virginity? That's so fun. (laughs) What? So fun. I love that. Bit nervous, but... Love it. Oh my God, I'm nice, I promise. I won't buy it. I'm very, I'm very nice. <laughs> um, well, let's get stuck into our speed date question round so everyone listening can learn a bit more about you. And I need to learn a bit more about you too because this is your first ever podcast. So, you know, normally I can do a bit of Google research and find some stuff out, but, you know, <laughs> here we go. So tell me your favorite pop culture moment of all time. Okay, I had to pick something slightly sports related because that is kind of my main interest at the moment I had to pick Steve Bradbury's gold medal moment Um, I don't know if you know him but he's that Australian speed skater guy so he was basically in the final at the Olympics and he was coming dead last the entire race and in the very final section of the race every person fell over had this big collision and he just went I'm gonna dodge right around you and he ended up with the gold medal do you know what? I feel like I've seen this somewhere at TikTok, probably on like, you know what it would have been on like 20 to 1 with like Burt Newton, <laughs> like funny yeah, sporting moments. moments. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I feel like, is it roller skating or ice skating? Ice skating. 
Oh my which god. Which is so rogue for an Australian to ever get a gold medal in that. That's but so I just love good. it because it's so iconic. It's like he actually got himself into that final. He did the hard work, but everyone kind of like thought he was the underdog. He's losing the whole time and then there he is. We love gold to medal see around it. His neck. It's like movie moment type vibes. Like you can imagine that being in a film. And you know what? Ice skating is really fucking hard because I did it (laughs) at Christmas in England a few times. And like every year I was like, right, this time I'm going to be so good. I did it last year. I'm going to be so brave. I take one step on the ice. I'm like, I hate it. I want to get off. This is so scary. And there's like <laughs> like kids flying past you that are about four and they're like, are you okay, ma'am? And I'm like, leave me alone. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> it's humbling, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, so humbling. Um, up next, tell me about a failure or a moment in your life that taught you something valuable. And I just know that yours is going to be amazing because based on what you've told <laughs> me about your sporting journey, I'm really buzzing to hear this one. Yeah, I kind of thought about this one for a little while. I couldn't just pick one failure. I just feel like my life in my 20s, ever since I left school, has just been kind of a series of failures. And that's okay. That's okay. Like my main message is, that's okay. Um, I will preface this with saying I did start six different uni degrees. Oh, my six. days. Can you please tell me what were the six? Um, so I started out in engineering. We do. I will talk about that a little bit later. Um, (laughs) I did a sports science degree. I tried to do a like research honors year, ducked out of that one pretty quick. Um, I've done a master's of primary teaching, so I work as a teacher now. Um, But yeah, there was a lot of false starts. Oh my God. Love that. But also, sometimes you have to figure out what you don't want to do to figure out what you do want to do, you know? Yeah, I I think so. And that's the benefit of failures. Like it doesn't feel great at the time, but then you're sort of like, oh, I probably wouldn't have figured out what I'm passionate about or what I love to spend my time doing if I didn't do something terrible, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And I think it did It did really well for my like perfectionist little brain. Like coming out of high school, I was like, I knew exactly what I wanted to do through high school. And then suddenly in my 20s, I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to handle adult life. Yeah. Um, so I think it was good for that. I've learned a lot. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I think I never was someone who want, who knew what they wanted to do. I sort of just like was a bit creative in school. I was quite unmotivated. I had undiagnosed ADHD for all of it. I like didn't really, yeah, I just never really had like a passion. I just knew I liked art. And then I thought I went into media because I was like media is sort of artistic, but it's actually like a realistic career as well. Whereas I think if I was to do visual art, like my my parents are both in medical medicine like my all well, not medicine my dad's a paramedic my mum's a nurse but like they're very practical people so if I was to go into art I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been disowned but they would have been like pull your finger out like what are you doing going and like doing painting I'd be like I don't know I'm just trying to figure it out but yeah, yeah I guess even it just goes to show even if you do have an idea of what you definitely you think you definitely want to do you could be totally wrong yeah and I think that pressure from outside sources is so huge like you said like you picked a a degree or a pathway because you thought it was realistic like yeah I don't want to live my life picking the realistic things I just want to go with my passions so good I love that and I feel like sometimes everyone sort of ends up doing that in a sense but then unless if you do get stuck on a path like a career path or if if you just simply have like a lot of people don't have the joy of working in a job that they love they just have to work in a job to like get by but like I think you end up finding a way to channel your passions and we're going to talk about that a bit later through things like hobbies and like extracurricular activities which gets a bit lost in the clutter in in your older years but 
Yeah. This. What did we say before? 2024 is year of the hobby. Yeah, year of the hobby. Next question for Speed Date Round. Tell me about a book or a movie or a song that has impacted your life and you've never looked back. Okay. I am a huge reader. I really like reading and I really like sharing what I read. So I do share like book reviews on my Instagram and I'm starting a, uh, a series um, where I'm going to review more books. I'm hoping to focus kind of on like sports books, creativity, mindset, anything to do with that. Um, but the first book I read for this series um, is called Good for a Girl. I actually just read it last week and it might be the best book I've ever, ever read. Oh my God. Huge call. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's. I've actually got it right here with me. Um, it's by this woman, Lauren Fleshman, who was a professional American runner. Um, she ran like the 5K kind of distance at Stanford and then became a Nike pro athlete. And her book is kind of a memoir um, and then also just kind of has like science and like life lessons all throughout. But she talks really honestly about eating disorder, culture mm. throughout sport um, about becoming a pro athlete as a woman um, when all the men were getting all the money and all the attention, um, kind of the struggles of if you got pregnant or injured as a woman and what yeah. did that mean for your contract. And Nike just had all the rights to say, nope, we're not employing you anymore. Um, really? And so, yeah, it was such an interesting read. It actually made me cry twice. Um, and I do think that I do think if you're not that big into sports, you'd still love this book. Um, cause it's just about life and yeah. yeah, I really feel like I need to read it cause I'm a, I'm a huge reader as well, but at the moment I'm, I'm in a bit of a slump cause I think I, I've, I started reading loads of nonfiction, like stuff about like work and career and stuff like that when I moved back to Australia, but then I got so caught up in, and we were talking about this before we started recording as well. I'm starting my own business and I'm going full time with the podcast, so which exciting. is, it's so exciting and it's so terrifying, but it's also like, I feel like any moment that I'm not working on stuff is wasted time, which is so negative. It's such a bad way to be because you need to switch off. But I'm really, I'm really enjoying like just like fixating on it and doing it. But I think all the books I was reading as well, and that's escapism for me is reading, sitting outside with the dog in the sun, reading my book, like that shouldn't be work. Like, and there's enough on the internet that I'm like reading articles all day about stuff anyway that interests me that's to do with my career or podcasting or whatever so it's like I don't really need to go read books that are about that too because I when do you switch off like it's just constant so yeah I think I I might give it a go your book a go because I'm like I need to get something I need to read something completely separate from work and media shite I reckon (laughs) definitely go check out my Instagram because there's a lot more reviews of just like nice beach reads that I think you'd probably enjoy. Amazing. A hundred percent. And where can people find you on Instagram as well? It's just Beck Putner, which is amazing. U-T-N-A. Beautiful. And last but not least, what is your funniest date story? (laughs) (laughs) All of my dates, I feel like were just so cringe, but um, I have to tell the, my maybe only date I went on during high school, I went to an all girls school. So I feel like I just Mm -hmm. didn't really like interact with boys, but (laughs) in high school, (laughs) I um, was chatting to this boy probably on like messenger who I didn't really know that well. Um, But we arranged to meet up like at the mall um, one weekend and I went into the mall. I got like my mom to drop me off saying I was meeting (laughs) the girls or something. Of course. Um, He was then two hours late. Um, (gasps) So I just like, wandered around so awkward and Uh, when we like 
met up, he was like, okay, I'm going to take you to my favorite place. And we go to an internet cafe where he sits and plays video games, one player video games for an hour. And I just sat there like not saying a word. I didn't say one word to him. He then finishes his hour. He looks at me and goes, do you want to, should I pay for another hour? And I was like, oh, um, I'm kind of hungry. I think we should go. Oh, God. He then, <laughs> bless his heart, I think he really tried then. He bought me this drink and it really <laughs> tasted like soap. <laughs> oh, my God. And I took, like, two sips and, like, threw it in the bin and went, okay, I think I have to go now. Um, oh, and wow. And safe to say we never really spoke again after that. But That is hectic. This reminds me, have you seen all the TikToks lately about like Europeans and Americans and like British people being like, what is with Australian men and the lazy <laughs> dating culture? Like they're so bad mm-hmm. at it. I'm like, mm-hmm. like take, I know this is high school, so the bar is low yeah. and he'd probably never been on a date. But like that's something that I feel a 28-year-old man would do to me now in Melbourne. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, I hope not, but. Oh, yeah, it's grim. Oh, God. I have been um trying to get on the apps, but I'm kind of in that I, – I just, like, don't even want to do it. I just can't be arsed. And I'm just like, it's too hot. Like, I don't want to go on a date and just be sweaty <laughs> and talk to some random. Like, I just can't be asked. And then, like, I'll open the app, see that there's, like, 20 people on there. I'm like, instantly close that. I don't – I don't want to see. <laughs> I, I don't want to engage. <laughs> I will say I did meet my boyfriend on Hinge. Stop. So- and we've been together for like three or four oh, years, so what? I mean, it is worth it if you can get past the awkwardness. What was your? I mean, I did it a lot in London, but I feel like it's weird in Melbourne because I'm like, what if there's just someone I know on there? I don't. I'm scared. I don't like it. I was gonna say, what? Um, what was your first date like? Like hinge date with your boyfriend? Was it like best date ever? And then you just suddenly like came together? What happened? It was just like the most normal, nice date. Oh. Like we met up for a drink. We just yeah. chatted. It, like we got along really well. Like we were both yeah. nervous and awkward, but it was just like lovely. And afterwards, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, he was nice and calm, and I probably need that in my life. So oh, that's yeah, so good. good. I guess it is like that. You just. It just takes one good one, you know, because then you have exactly. so you have so many bad ones, and then you just you meet someone nice, or even like you become friends with a nice guy, and you're like, oh, okay, I don't hate men as much as I say I do. <laughs> exactly, it's nice um, to joke, but you do yeah. find good ones out there. <laughs> yeah, and then you think like I think like my brother, like my brother Hayden, he's gay and he's 26, and I say I always say, oh, I fucking hate men, but I'm like, oh, I don't hate my brother. I love he's so funny, and then I think like of my dad, I'm like. Oh, my dad's nice. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm probably just <laughs> we being hate drama. We patriarchy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we the hate whole is the patriarchy. Point. It's so true. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking about the patriarchy, there's so much cool stuff that I want to talk to you about in regards to feminism and finding self-confidence through things like exercise and, um, yeah, things like uh, mental health as well. So my first question in regards to all these subjects is all looking at them through the lens of finding self-confidence. You mentioned to me that um, you are training for a half Ironman triathlon. Have I said that right? Yes, you have. Yeah. Well so I'd love to know, like, can you share your personal journey towards finding self-confidence and what led you to start training for that half Ironman triathlon? I feel like it's a mouthful. <laughs> it is a bit. 
Okay, well, I'll start with the Half Ironman Triathlon. So that is kind of my big first project of this year, which is coming up in May. Um, so it's a triathlon, so it's swim, bike, run, and the Half Ironman just means it's a certain distance. So this race will probably take me five to six hours. Wow. Um, like it's a real endurance um, event. So that's kind of my big project that I'm like training for at the moment. But the reason I am doing that is because I have just found that sport is the thing that I can gain my confidence through the most. Um, and throughout my life, I've just realized that having self-confidence is kind of the biggest overarching theme that's like important. It impacts every single thing that I do. Um, and I want to share that through my social media as well so that I can help other people become more self-confident. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I guess a little bit of backstory about me. Um, yeah. I grew up as a super, super confident kid. Um, some people might say too confident, but <laughs> I just I just was, like, happy, bubbly. I had no worries. I was good at school. I was good at sports. Like, it just came easily, and, you know, we love that. Um, then through high school, of course, you get a bit self-conscious and mm. then I graduated high school and I was just chucked into the deep end of adult, of the adult world. Um, and I just felt my confidence completely be shaken. Um, I actually went to America to college for my first year of university. And I just think being so far away from home, being without my normal support networks, um, being in this really competitive sport and doing a uni degree that was really challenging. Um, just it was too many factors and it just stripped all of my confidence away. Oh, no, um, sorry to hear that. That's hard. Yeah, and yeah. It, it really sucked because um, I noticed that whenever my confidence dipped, then I stopped taking care of myself and my mental health would get yeah. really bad and I just got really sad and really, like, oh. honestly depressed a lot of the time, which mm. – like sucked because I was such a happy kid. And so mm -hmm. I guess my 20s has been this challenge of kind of building myself back up. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, you know, there's been challenges along the way that have shaken that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, like most of us during COVID, I was definitely looking for something else to do. And so I got yeah. back into running quite seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and I just found that doing something every single day where I could see physical improvement and mm. I was keeping promises to myself and I just felt so good about myself suddenly. And mm -hmm. um, I was studying at the time. I was becoming a teacher at the time, which is a really hard thing to do. Because um, you're just in this environment where you don't know what you're doing a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, but I found that running, um, that confidence I was getting from running was then coming into my work um, and into my relationships. And I felt like I could talk to new people and meet new friends. And it just, it was just having such a positive impact on every aspect of my life. That's amazing. I feel like that's so true when it, it does really bleed into like all all the other elements, like if it's coming from one source. I actually recorded a podcast earlier today with someone who spoke about how body image, like her um, body image and finding like body positivity and then that leading to like self-love and self-care directly impacted the way that she felt about her experiences with domestic violence because she feels oh, wow. that if she can help other women to become more confident and more like positive about themselves, and like love themselves then it allows women to either avoid getting in those situationships where they're they're experiencing things like abuse within a relationship or you know manage those situations or leave quicker like there's different things that she's had feedback from people like the work that you've done in the body positivity space and the domestic violence or the um 
like intimate abusive spaces, it's really linked. So I think you're so right in saying that when you find confidence in one area, it sort of like turns a light switch on and it can light up other areas in your life too. Totally. Yeah, it's so important. And in your experiences with feminism and sports, so obviously you said you moved to America and um, you um, were challenging gender stereotypes through your early sporting career and your like academic um, work as well. What impact do you hope to have or do you think that we can have on breaking down barriers for women's, women in these kind of fields? Yeah, I think it's 2024 and I think it's crazy that these kind of issues are still so rampant in our world. It's frustrating. Um, and I think it's so frustrating, <laughs> but I, I mean, I think we're on our way. But I just think sport is such an interesting lens to look at gender roles because you have mm. genders separated so obviously, like men are in one category, women are in another, they don't ever mix. Um, and so I just think that's a really interesting yeah, way to look at things. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just thinking back to um, kind of my first experience where I even noticed that this was an issue was when I was about five. Really? Um, I played on my first soccer team and it was all boys. Like mm. everyone who played was a boy. My friend mm -hmm. and I were the only girls. We'd play against other clubs every single weekend and it was all boys. And as a five-year-old, I was like, this is really interesting. Like boys are expected to play sport and the girls are expected to turn up and kind of giggle and have a fun time. Yeah, it that is weird. And it's weird when you notice things when you're young because it's so poignant and it's so it really sticks in your head the first time you experience a certain emotion or you think of something. I feel like there's always times in my life when I think, why do I have such a vivid memory of that, mo like that moment? And you're like, oh, that was probably the first time I felt that way. Yeah, it was just such a like blaringly obviously obvious experience. Um, and I just feel like then growing up playing a lot of sport, there were so many random gender stereotypes about girls who played sport, like about being butch or about questioning your sexuality that yeah. were not always true, but they were very confusing for like us teenage girls. We're like, yeah. oh, I do like sport. Does that mean I'm like tomboyish or does that mean, does that mean I'm you know, gay? maybe I'm gay? But yeah. it's like that's outside um, sources kind of putting those ideas on you as a, you know, 15, 16 year old, very confusing. And then I went to America and played um, division one sport over there. And it was very obvious again, like the men's teams had all of the attention. They got the good field times, the good trainers, mm. all of the attention was going that way. And it's just such an interesting experience to see like, yeah. yes, we are making waves at getting better and breaking down these gender stereotypes, but actually they are still really like pertinent in our world today and I really want to change that and since I was gone and living in England for seven years everything's changed so much with like I know you're in Sydney but like um women's AFL or AFL women's yeah, it's yeah. So huge now. I think it's awesome and then um obviously like with the the Matildas having their win last year as well I feel like there's so many good strides being made in women's sport but like what would you say how would you say that we can continue to foster that positivity around like women in sport? Um, I think we definitely need to see more women in leadership and coaching roles, um, especially in those professional sports. Um, like those teams need to be coached by women um, just to be like setting a good example for young girls so that they know they could have a career in sport. Um, I also think we just need more 
um, girls in their 20s and 30s, setting a good example, showing that sport can be, you know, part of an active lifestyle and that it's cool to do, um, that it's not just for the boys. Um, and then I think we also need to do some work about breaking down what it means to be an athlete as a male or a female. Like boys are taught that to be an athlete, they have to be tough and rough and have no emotions, whereas girls are told you have to wear as little clothes as possible, you have to look hot while you're playing your sport and you know you have to be really graceful if you win or if you lose and I just think we need to do some work around breaking those down. Yeah and sexualizing women in sport when I mean men are sexualized to a degree but then I don't think it's to the same level or in the same way that women are sexualized um across all sport, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned the transition from an all-girls school to a male-dominated engineering degree, and now you're teaching at an all-school, all-girls school, school again. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'd love, I'd love to know how these experiences in diversity, and they're, so, they're such extremes as well, like all-girls school, male-dominated dominated degree, how has that shaped your views on gender roles and professions? In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, I think this has been a really interesting theme that's kind of overarched my whole life. Um, I think going to an all-girls school, I grew up almost naive to the fact that there were these differences between boys and girls because we were empowered so much by our education, which is awesome. That's cool, yeah. Um, but it really, yeah, but it, it really didn't prepare me for the real world. Really? Um, yeah, so I got to university. I decided I wanted to do engineering because, you know, why wouldn't I? Girls in STEM. Yep, Go get women in STEM, we love it. <laughs> yeah, but then I got there and the reality of it was I was in a room with 50 other boys, no wow. other girls. None. And 
None. Not one. What? Just me. Oh my Just days. Me. And also if you've only, if you've only really been like I know you said before we joked like oh, you didn't really socialize with boys much when you went on that first date but like I, I imagine that that is true to a degree because when you're in school like all you do is hang out with your mates at school every day you know like it must have been quite a culture shock almost to go to an all boys degree. Yeah, it was it was such a shock to the system. I just I didn't know how to talk to anyone and like I'm a social normal person like I tried my very best but it's just a completely different skill set that I was not equipped with at the time yeah and do you have do you have brothers or do do you have brothers or a sister or or only I grew up I grew up mostly with a a very close sister my brother's older so he'd moved out it's hard if you don't have because I grew up with a lot of male friends like growing up like it just happened that all the parents their kids were all boys. I've got nine boy cousins. I feel like it's all—it's wow. always came. I feel like I'm quite a blokey person sometimes as well. Like just naturally, not in like a pick me girl way, but in a way <laughs> that I guess is not like, like other girls. Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not trying to be like the cool girl. But I mean, like I will, you know, be gross or play PlayStation or things like that. And it's not even in a hot way. It's just in like a genuinely like probably kind of a weird way. <laughs> like I think that's sort of how, like come easily. But then I can imagine like if you're going into into a situation and even even if I was to be in a room with 50 men I wouldn't feel safe like I wouldn't feel uh not only judged but also like unsafe sexually or intimidated like you you can't say the wrong thing or you can't like wear like have your boobs out if you go to the pub like things like that because it's it it simply isn't safe to do that stuff as a woman in a room full of 50 men do you know what I mean I think yeah, even totally. as someone who is what I'm saying is even as someone who would be as a younger person completely comfortable around men, I would find that so hard at any age and almost impossible. Yeah, it was just totally daunting. And in the end, I did decide to quit. I said, no, I actually don't want to spend the rest of my career working in an industry that is so male dominated because I just don't enjoy it. And, you know, I can, shame, I can enjoy the it? engineering yeah, you can enjoy the work, but if yeah. you're not going to enjoy the people around you, it's not going to work out long term. And so mm-hmm. I ended up in a teaching degree, which is a very female dominated industry. And I work in an all girls school, which I do love. Um, and I think it's really important, but it's just, it's been this full circle kind of thing that's made me question a lot of things about our society. Yeah, and I guess you would have a different view on it to everyone else because you've actually lived it rather than just being like, oh, we need more more women in engineering. But it's sort of – it's not that simple because you were a woman that went into engineering and the environment that you found yourself in and having to, you know, exist in every day is too too challenging because the structures that they've put in place aren't there to foster a good environment for women to exist in within that yeah exactly I just I think we have more work to go you also mentioned to me um an initiative to sell hats to raise money for beyond blue which I think is really amazing um can you delve into the idea behind them and how it ties into the concept of quieting your head noise through things like running and we spoke about reading as escapism before as well I just love to know more about the whole initiative it's really interesting yeah thank you this is something I'm super excited to talk about it's kind of my first little delve into um, the business side of things. But one of my goals um, when I started out social media was that I want to raise awareness and money for charities that I really care about. And I think that mental health is such an important topic to talk about. 
Um, so basically the backstory of the hats is I've had this motto for the last year, which is to quieten the head noise. So I just think like when you can make a choice between living in this really overstimulated, distract filled, demanding world, if you can make a choice to do something that's going to alleviate some of that stress, Mm. then I'm going to choose the thing that's going to relax my mind. So I wanted to create hats as like a physical reminder. So when you put it on, it's like this moment to quieten the head noise. Oh, you wear the hat when you're going to be doing that activity. Yeah, or any other time, really. Oh, I love that. That's cool. And you can bring it on holidays too. I feel like I would bring it on holiday and wear it at the beach and be like, this is my time. Yeah, exactly. So $5 from every hat is going to be donated to Beyond Blue. Um, and you can go find the link on my Instagram and TikTok um, and still purchase them. There's, I've only done quite a limited edition, um, but there's more to buy. So if anyone wants to go buy one, please do. Yeah, I'll put a link in the episode show notes as well. So if you do want to go and grab a hat, um, yeah, just have a look in the episode description. I'll pop a link in. That's so cool. So in speaking about um, quieting the head noise in your life, how do you personally quiet the head noise in your life? Because I know you mentioned running. Um, Is there any other sort of ways that you can do that that you would recommend to other people looking to do similar things and find similar types of solace? My personal favourites are things like running, swimming, reading, going in nature, um, mm. talking to somebody you trust or who you love, yeah, um, anything one. where you just feel calm and at peace and you're not like scrolling on your phone at the same time or you know what I mean. So those are my favourites. I really love swimming for that because I feel like when you go under the water, especially even in the ocean, even if it's a really busy ocean, you just can't hear anything. And I know it's so simple, but it's like suddenly – all the noises are gone, even if there's like kids screaming on the beach or like there's way anything like when you're under the water, you're like, oh, wow, like I'm really by myself right now. And like I can't if even if someone screams the top of their lungs, I can't hear them. If I like I'm um, if even if it's for like 10 seconds, do you know, I think swimming is such a cool thing for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, We also spoke about the rise of running clubs and platforms like Strava, which has created opportunities to create new communities. And I think that was some, it's something that has become more prevalent since COVID when people were looking for a sense of community and seeking it out. Um, I'd love to know how these communities have affected your perspective on fitness and relationships and personal growth because you also said something so interesting to me that um, Strava and these clubs are now used as like the new dating app. Yeah, I think these are – such interesting topics um and especially as somebody who's already in a relationship I just love kind of like observing what's going on um but basically in the past year I think run clubs have just taken over I don't know about everywhere in Australia but Sydney especially like um there's one run club that's quite new it's called unofficial run club last Friday they had over a thousand people show up on a Friday morning to go and run and do you reckon there's, there's probably hot guys there right Oh, there are. (laughs) (gasps) Wait, no, I need to find a Melbourne one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I just think it's really cool to see how many people in their, like, 20s and 30s um, are looking for something active and social to do, um, and they're really seeking out that community. For me personally, it took me a year. I kind of had this fear. I had this on my goals list actually, like, a whole year ago that I wanted to go to a run club because I know that that's – you know, something I enjoy and I wanted to make new friends. 
but I just had this huge social anxiety, like fear wall up since um, mm-hmm. COVID. Um, mm-hmm. It took me a year to get over that. But once I went, I immediately found people who I connected with. Really? I had so much fun. And it's just, it's brought that kind of joyful side back out of oh. me, which like, I really want other people to experience too. That's so nice. That's honestly so cool. I feel like at the moment I'm having a similar anxiety with going back to the gym because I've not done it. Mm. I've been thinking mm. class pass so I can like dip my toe. But since I got back to Australia, I've kind of like, I keep thinking, oh, I'll figure it out next month when things are more stable. But things like now that I'm going to be working for myself, I'm like, things aren't getting more stable. They're getting more Mm-mm. chaotic. So I'm like, I just need to do yeah. it. But there's like a block. Like I just don't want to do it because I'm scared. <laughs> I know it's so tricky and like I don't even know what got me over the hump I think it was literally just I think the fact that I was watching so many people on social media go to these run clubs that mm-hmm. eventually I was like okay they're having a great time yeah and they're I just should normal. also go like I can yeah they're normal people and so that's what I want to give to other people by showing that on my social media it's like that little bit of courage to go and try something new do you know what? I'm gonna make a pledge. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the the gym in the next few weeks, and then I'm gonna join a run club. I you all can be the person you've influenced, so you can check that box because I really feel like this is not something I would have considered because I'd be too scared. But if there's a thousand people, there's a thousand people. Like, who cares? I'm going. Yeah, and it's it's so cool to see. Yeah, it's so cool to see because you don't have to be a fast runner. You okay, can good because go I'm and, not. Like, try your hardest. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. also I think the message should be like you can go once and hate it and never go again. Yeah, just try it. Just try it because it yeah. might be awesome. That's so good. And speaking about confidence again, can you share a specific moment where you felt a significant boost in your confidence and how did that shape your like subsequent subsequent choices and actions? Yeah, um, I think my whole 20s has just been this kind of like series of trying to get my confidence back. But I think last year I just made huge strides and I'm really proud of myself for that. But last year I trained for the Melbourne. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Last year I trained for the Melbourne half marathon and it was not my first half marathon, but it was the first time where I took it really seriously. Um, I hired a coach, like, I really stuck to my program. I wasn't running whilst hungover. Like I did all the things I needed to do because I said out loud that my goal was a certain time and I told other people that I wanted to do this um, and I followed through. And I, I just was really proud of myself because I feel like during school I put in 110% effort into everything I did because I kind of had this delusion that maybe one day I'll go to the Olympics or something like that, even though that was never going to happen. And then once Dream I got big. to adult life, I realized, yeah, right? But mm-hmm. once I became an adult, I realized that actually was never going to happen. So why am I trying? But last year I was like, okay, stop. Like you actually can try as freaking hard as you want to at something. It's not embarrassing. It's actually quite cool to try hard, even if it doesn't work out. So true. Even with things like getting the ick about things like TikTok. And it's like, if I want to be a fucking podcaster, or if I want to be a content creator, I just have to do it. Like... It's not embarrassing. Exactly. It's you're so I'm finding you so inspiring right now. Like it's not embarrassing. Like Thanks. it's actually really cool. <laughs> or it it is embarrassing and it's also cool. Like yeah. I think we can just do both. Like it doesn't what's matter. the problem with being embarrassing? Like we're all so cringe. Like 
I just be cringe on the internet sometimes. So whatever. So true. And like, I would do that in real life anyway. This is like earlier on another <laughs> yeah. podcast, I was saying to someone, I was like, oh, she's like, oh, you look nice. I was like, oh, I was literally wearing my Adam Sandler clothes like 10 minutes ago, but I've put on a nice top. It's like, it's like, it's just, everyone's gross and weird. <laughs> so like, who even cares? Yeah, you know what I mean? We're all the same. We're all the same. Exactly. Everyone's the same. Oh, that's awesome. And then, um, yeah, something else I wanted to talk about as well was um, obviously you're someone who really values extracurricular activities and I'd love to know how you balance the societal expectation in your 20s that really prioritises your career over personal interests and hobbies and something like a run club. I mean, it's obviously great because it's you're ticking off fitness and socialisation in one go, but like I think it's so true that, you know, in school we're so – we're encouraged to try so many new things so that we can find a path that we eventually make our career. But it's like not everything we do has to be focused on making money or like focusing on like how we can, you know, exist in the world in a professional way. Like sometimes you just want to have want to have a hobby, right? <laughs> exactly. What would you say about that, like balancing those expectations with having lots of different hobbies as someone who has so many? Yeah, I think I've got, quite a lot to say about this but um one thing I noticed since being a primary school teacher was just how much I was jealous of my students who got to come to school and then they'd have a sport after school and then they'd be going to play their instrument or going to an art class or whatever they were doing and I was like that's so much fun why do I only get to do my job like why do I have to focus on one thing like it's just it's not fun it's not a sustainable way to live Um, And I just, I hate that. I just think that mindset wasn't good for me as somebody who can really easily fall into that kind of perfectionism trap Mm -hmm. um, where if I'm only doing one thing, my brain's going to focus on that thing all the time and try to get really, really, really good at that. But actually you need to have aspects of your life where you're not good all the time because that teaches you, you know, some resilience and all those other things that you need. So I don't know. I think 2024 is the year of the extracurricular, the hobby, the doing things that you're bad at anyway, uh, and just giving things a try. I literally am obsessed with this concept. I think like there's something, I think I saw a TikTok that said something like, not everything you do has to be perfect. And I was like, wait, what? And it was like, because sometimes <laughs> like I'll be looking at like my Instagram feed for my for my um, podcast and I've always like been I think it's very millennial coded of me to like want to have a really aesthetic Instagram feed but it's so Gen Z Gen Alpha to just be like I don't give a fuck and I'm like okay I have to just let go a little bit because I'm like okay I've got to do this post on this day like schedule all my content but it's like if I was to just make content put it out people actually prefer that like I got a viral video it got 1.5 million views on TikTok the other day and it was literally me leaving beyond the valley with that my hair smelt so bad that my friend gagged like I'm sorry but like (laughs) how the hell is that on a million and a half views and then I'm like the podcast I pour my heart and soul into this I'm curating my Instagram feed it looks so fire like it looks so good who the fuck cares like I (laughs) this is my year of doing things not as perfect but just seeing what happens because it's actually boding quite well for me lately (laughs) yeah exactly I think all the beauty is in when you let go of all those pressures that you put on yourself you can't control everything like nothing's gonna be perfect so why are we even trying like try your best have fun and that's all that matters oh my god yes have fun and I think that's something 
in the lead up to 100 episodes of the podcast, I look back and I'm like, God, so much of it I was stressed, like, oh, I've, I've gone live an hour later than I said I would. I don't want to let people down. But it's like people just listen to podcasts whenever they want to listen. Like it's not that deep. And I'm sorry if you're listening to this right now and I put it out an hour late one time and you were really mad and you didn't want to listen again. But do you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> just like got to focus on all the fun I've had, all the cool people I've met, like, you know, just like it's come so far and it's just honestly so exciting. But yeah, I found this like, this is just like, it's 6.30 PM on a Monday and I'm like, I need to go and walk my dog and listen to some cool music. Cause I'm feeling so inspired by Beck <laughs> right now. Um, I've got one more question for you and I'd love to know, and I feel like this is going to be inspiring because every answer has been so far. Looking ahead, what are your aspirations for the future? 2024 is year of the hobby, but personally and in terms of your advocacy and your pursuits with Beyond Blue and the triathlon and the list goes on, what is what is 20, what's in store for you in 2024 and beyond? Um, so... I've decided 2024, yes, is the year of hobbies. It's also the year of setting big goals and just going after them. So I have written a huge list of like kind of athletic goals. I want to finish my first half Ironman. I want to run a marathon under 320, which is quite a lot faster than my first one. I want to race overseas. I want to do an ultra marathon, which is like over 50K. So like I'm setting big goals because even if I don't quite get to them, I'm still going to like get really fit and have a lot of fun along the way. Um, yeah, apart from kind of the athletic side, I am getting more into social media and sharing a lot more on my Instagram and TikTok. So if anyone wants to follow along, um, yes. lots of sports and book content. At Beck Putner, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and the other thing that I'm really excited about in March, I'm starting a creative writing course. Um, I really so, want to do one of those. That's so cool. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that. Maybe write a book in the future. Who knows? Who yeah. Knows? Do you know what? we? I said this recently to someone. It's, it's a bit lame, but it's like if you aim for the moon, like shoot for the moon, yeah. and even if you miss, you'll land amongst the stars. So even if you don't do your ultra marathon, which I'm sure you will, you'll end up doing two marathons or something which is just as amazing you know what my friend did an ultra marathon in wales it literally was three marathons in one which is like i know oh my don't, God. it was he did two one day and then one the next and i was like uh and his feet afterwards was the grossest thing i've ever seen in my life i'm not gonna even explain it but <laughs> they looked weird um, but yeah, so I think that's so awesome is aim high and then whatever you do, you'll, I mean, you'll be succeeding more than if you weren't aiming at all. So that is just awesome. Exactly. Oh, well, it's been so brilliant having you on the podcast back and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what's next for you and following the TikTok journey. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I hope you enjoyed my chat with the wonderful Beck. Please let me know on my Instagram, TikTok, any of my socials, if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share about the pod. See you next week. Peace.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.